Blog Talk Radio. Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. You are lonely tonight. You're listening to the Gesture tonight. When the show Starts out with me singing. We are either in trouble or in for a really entertaining show. It depends on how you're going to look at it, folks. How you doing, folks? I am the Fantasy Jester. This is the Fantasy Jester Show coming to you live from D-Land, Florida. Absolutely beautiful night here. Hope it's as nice wherever you are, wherever you're listening. Hope it's absolutely gorgeous and you're enjoying your evening. Sit back, relax. The next hour and a half is as entertaining as we can get it for you. As we go ahead and talk a little bit about every damn sport like we do every damn Saturday night. Here we go. You know. We've had an interesting week in sports. We've had some interesting times through FantasyJesterSports.com, some great articles, some of the other podcasts this week. If you missed it, go back either on FantasyJesterSports.com or iTunes. Go check out our interview with the living legend from WWE, WWF, and every other letter out there, WCW. Larry Zabisco joined us for an absolutely, absolutely fantastic interview. Then on Thursday, great podcast with the guys, the Gridiron guys. Go back. Football fans, you want to go back and listen to a great football show, give you our picks for the week. Get to get our thoughts 
myself, JT, and Tate on the games and the predictions. But tonight's show, tonight's show, folks, for you, as always, like I said, we cover every damn sport for you. Tonight, though, we have a very special guest this week. It's former NBA and North Carolina State star Chris Corciani is going to join us. We're going to call him later on in the show, during the show. Not going to want to miss that. We've got some great questions for him. Great guy. Looking forward to that. We're going to talk MLB for a minute and the great Vince Scully. Going to talk about the NHL, the latest article by Tate Dello for you fantasy hockey people out there. He starts a three-part series talking about the NHL goaltenders and who you should have for your fantasy leagues this year and who you should be looking at. And with that, I am going to uh, I'm going to have a little fun because for those of you who know NHL hockey, that's my thing. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love my football. Absolutely love football. But what people don't know is just how deep my love for hockey is and, and where I am a sport of hockey. So, you know, can't wait to talk about that tonight. You're going to have Busy Jay joining us tonight. And he's going to go ahead on FantasyJusticeSports.com. He just got done with his latest divisional breakdown. And he's going to give you that. He's going to talk about that a little bit in the Southwest. Then, like I said, at some point, we're going to call Chris tonight, talk to him, talk a little basketball with him as well. Then, as we get to WWE Clash of Champions, we're going to talk about that tonight. Then we got football. See, I told you, we cover, for those of you who are new listeners out there, and and there's a bunch of you out there. I was busy on social media today. Uh, for those of you who are new to the Fantasy Justice Show, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Hope we do not disappoint. I'm sure we won't. It's why we're the fastest growing sports talk show, and you're going to find out why. But today, I uh, I had a little time today and was able to spend it on Twitter and uh, talk to everybody out there. So some of you newbies following, welcome aboard and, and sit back, enjoy the show. Like I said, we talk about every sport. We're going to end up talking about the NFL And we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to go ahead and get Busy J's picks. We already have uh, everybody else's except Busy J. And uh, so we're going to get his picks, talk football real quick. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up with Fantasy Jester, myself, will answer JT's questions on fantasy football this week and all that you should know in King's Ransom or Fool's Gold. You know, we had a lot of questions today on Twitter, both myself at fantasy underscore jester and also for jt at fez fez uh four three seven and we had a lot of fantasy questions today so we want to get to a bunch of those and and we sure will but uh first you know normally i i take this time for the opening rant and uh, I'm going to take this time actually to answer a lot of questions. There's a, there's a, a buzz going on. For those of you who follow wrestling, for those of you who follow the Fantasy Jester, for those of you who follow the Fantasy Jester show, 
or FXE Wrestling Fans who follow FXE Wrestling Fans uh, who follow us through FantasyJesterSports.com, all the podcasts and everywhere else, Twitter. Also now, I guess, uh, Dave, we've got Dave Meltzer and his attention. So I, I, I'm going to talk briefly about it tonight because, quite truthfully, I don't know how much I can talk about and not have any problems uh, with my lawyers. Haven't had the opportunity to talk with them yet. and But I want to go ahead and confirm some of the things uh, uh, and I've already put it out there for everybody. And uh, for those of you listening tonight who haven't seen what I've been tweeting or, or writing about, yes, FXE, myself, okay, and my son are looking into purchasing TNA. Vince has made his offer, and uh, TNA is really just not happy with that. And uh, we have uh, we've reached out to TNA so that we can go ahead and make our offer. Uh, we want to get in this dog fight. We believe we have a pretty good, strong dog in this race. And um, we want to be a part of that. So that's what we're working on. That's how much I can tell you. I can't get into any of the numbers or anything else like that. At least I don't know if I can. And listen in this coming Wednesday is the FXE live show for our wrestling brand. Go ahead, listen to the show on Wednesday. By Wednesday, I'll be able to have more for you on this. Like I said, I want to be able to give you more. I'm dying to get some of this out there. I really, really, really am. Okay, so tune in Wednesday. Uh, but like I said, yes, I can confirm we are looking to go after TNA. We would like TNA. There is no question in my mind. I believe that TNA can be uh, changed. And, you know, people have asked me, you know what, I can't. I really want to go into it further. Let me first find out if it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to get into it with everybody. Wednesday night, let me find out what I can talk about. And I promise I promise on Wednesday night I will talk further about it, okay? But, yes, we're going after TNA. No, it's not a joke, okay? This is a, something that is real. You know, you have those things on Facebook where it's a joke and, oh, it's for breast cancer awareness. Now you got to tweet it back and get your friends and all that stuff. No, no, no. This is the real deal, folks. Um, Fantasy Jester is not playing. I am looking into it. Sooner than start up my own brand, why not? already go in with one in place and just tweak it to what I want. That's where I'm going to leave it. I'll see you Wednesday night on the rest. Thanks so much, folks. As I go ahead and get ready to bring everybody in tonight, we're going to go ahead, start with my, the usual suspect in my life. You know, if you've listened to our other podcasts, you already know who I'm going to bring in, but you know, he comes to us tonight he is the encyclopedia of sports in general, and I, I joke, and that's why this theme song, when he comes in, you know, I play this song because, really, he could be in Africa, in the middle of Africa, scouring uh, the middle of the uh, Serengeti there, and, and finding out uh, the next uh, superstar. That's the type of research you get with him. So, you know, the, I love the entrance. People have asked me, what is that about? That's what it's about. The man literally scours the earth for the next star athlete. 
With that said, I bring in the one, the only, Jason, J.T. Townsend to the show. How are you, J.T., tonight? Yes, sir. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I uh, got to throw out there, I'm an uncle once again. So, uh, you know, just a reminder that life is good, and uh, I'm feeling good, and I'm ready for some sports. Nice, nice. And yeah, and congrats to you and your family. God bless the baby, and uh, we wish the baby and the mommy and daddy, everybody, all well, and uh, God bless Most all that. Most appreciated. Yeah, no, no Most doubt. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. as far as, uh, as, far as uh, the sports world goes, you know, we're starting to see some trends in football. Uh, you know, we look Thursday night, and the one trend we see is that you, Tate, and myself didn't see what was coming. So uh, hopefully we can do a little better for you guys out there tonight, and I'm looking forward to bringing it to you. You know, uh, we, some of the good things, though, uh, about that game was nothing. That was absolutely. No, really. <laughs> I really wanted to follow that up with something, and I, I just can't <laughs> because you know if you've gone on fantasyjusticesports dot com, folks, you'll see I put up an article uh, about Belichick and the coaching job that he did, and the lack of coaching that the Houston Texans got. Because to me, the Texans have much better players, and um, you know they 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 deserved better coaching. Uh, from them. Well, so and one takeaway, one takeaway from that for me is, it was just reinforcement that Brock Osweiler, in no way, shape, or form, deserved seventy-five million dollars. He looked absolutely befuddled by that defense out there. Didn't know what he was doing the whole night, and it showed. It just, uh, like I said, uh, it was an interesting night. I can't wait. I'm looking forward, and and one of the things I caught flack for, and real quick, and we'll get back into NFL later, uh, I caught a lot of flack from my Giant fans, uh, from my friends, family, and other Giant fans for my pick and the Washington pick. Um, There's just a lot going on, folks, with football. Some great games. Sorry, uh, yeah, we were hoping for uh, and looking for Houston to actually play like a football team. And uh, that's fine. You know, I mean, you can't – I listen, here's the thing. I keep saying real quick, but we'll get, we're getting into this. Um, you know, the hoodie put on, puts on a clinic on a regular basis, and this is part of what's in my article. He adapts his scheme to whatever the other team's weaknesses are. And people say, well, you know, how does he play so many different systems with the same guys and not get those guys confused is because all they have to know is their job. Just do your job. He simplifies it to don't worry about anything else on the field. Do your read, do your job, and take it from there. And he does it well. I mean, you can't argue with the success, folks. You just can't. 3-0, and no Brady. The league is in trouble, folks. The league is in trouble. This Go ahead, bringing in the next suspect on the show from New York, as uh, only one can bring you. 
one of the last days calling in and now will be on the mic next show uh, in his own studio there. Uh, one of the last days calling in is our own writer from FantasyJusticeSports.com, the one, the only, Busy Jay. How are you tonight, Jason? I'm good. I'm good. How you guys doing? Doing good. Man, we're having fun. We're having fun. It's been a great, great day. We've been having a lot of fun. Uh, on Myself, I've had a ball on Twitter today. I don't usually get that much time to be on Twitter and have had some fun uh you know what? Before we get into the show, let me ask. I, I've started asking. I, I like the idea of always going around and asking the dumb question to people and, and seeing what their answer is. And you know, just real quick, let me get into this, and then we'll get into the show and the WWE. Um, I'll, I'll start with Busy J and then go to JT on this one. Busy J, cookies and milk. Do you dunk or no? Definitely dunk. You gotta. Dunk it real hard. Gotcha. Okay, we got one for dunk. JT. Well, I mean, if I did eat cookies, I would have to say no dunk. I'm not a milk fan. Ah. One and one. Okay. You know, and, and that's that's the, the best is, uh, you know, some of the answers I've been getting on there uh, has it, just been funny. I've even had Omar Kelly, the writer for the Sun Sentinel, covers Miami Dolphins. Doesn't drink milk and doesn't eat cookies. So, you know, he's right there with well, you, JT. Yeah. yeah, as long as it's not a Tannehill cookie, he's all about it, right? I got to let you know about what's buzzing out here in these streets, and especially around the Hammerstein Ballroom, you know, the former home of Monday Night Raw, the original home of Monday Night Raw, and a lot of low-budget wrestling that happens there. People want to <laughs> know. They want to know. They want to know. Are you really trying to make TNA great again? If you purchase TNA, would you make it great again? Would you bring it back to New York City, Manhattan, to rival Vince McMahon? You know, here's the thing. Uh, I, all right, I will answer that one. I can that one. I think I can answer and not get into any trouble, uh, busy. And that's this. Um, first of all, having it right here in, in the building that we're looking at, and I'm pretty sure I can give this up. The building that we're, we're going to have, whether it's with TNA or without TNA, is in Daytona Beach, which is uh, 45 minutes, maybe 50 minutes, depending on who's driving, away from NXT and the Orlando facility, the training facility that WWE has. So I'm already in his backyard, okay, playing in the sandbox already. So, you know, once we're going, and if this, if this all comes to fruition – I, I'll have no problem traveling anywhere uh, and would be more than glad to come up there to you and your friends up in New York and put on one hell of a show for you guys so that you can see the new brand of wrestling that's out there, the new brand that's coming, because I promise you, nobody's going to be falling asleep during a WWE show. You think that they, 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 they that that's a crowd right there? Let me tell you something. No, no, no. You got people going to sleep in those shows all right, the crowd is dead. When Ambrose was the champion and doing stuff, okay, when he was holding the strap just a couple of weeks ago, okay, it was like people were sleeping. It was dead quiet in there. If, if my champion ever holds the strap and it's quiet in there, okay, I'm going to quit and I'm going to throw him out the ring personally, okay? So 
Um, no, busy. We're going to come up there once this is all done in whatever way, shape, and form it gets done. Eventually, we will come up there, and I'll be more than glad to put on a great show for you and your friends up there in New York. Let's get back, awesome, guys. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, let's get back. Uh, thanks. And like I said, I'll answer more about it on, on Wednesday's show when we're talking about the after show. Because, you know, this week here on WWE, uh, we have Clash coming up, you know, and each match that goes on this week is going to be, you know, <clears throat> I want to say interesting, but JT, you know, before I get to busy J on this, um, is predictable the right word on this or no, or do you, do you really feel that we have no idea what we're about to see? Well, I like to, I like to stick with the P word and I use pedestrian. Because the buildup for this pay-per-view and, and some of these matches, like the Universal Championship, has been absolutely pedestrian. But predictable also feels that way. It just doesn't feel like there's going to be any kind of a big surprise. And if Triple H does show up, let's be honest, is that really a big surprise? Well, you know, <laughs> all right. Before I ask Busy his uh, his picks for the show, okay, you know what? That is one of the things that's wrong with WWE. Let's not let, let's not fool ourselves, folks. The whole world already knows Triple H is coming to tomorrow's uh, coming to Sunday's show. All right, it's no secret. I'm going to tell you one thing, okay? I already have on everything that we do a disclaimer against giving out anything that we do, and I will personally, if we have something that's going on for our shows, and somebody finds out. Okay, I will give them a ton of money if before any of our shows, anybody already knows the outcome, because before our shows and until the doors open, two people in the whole damn company will know the exact outcomes. I mean, what's the purpose of the pay-per-view if I can read online days in advance what's going to happen? I, I just don't understand how that's good business. You know, Busy J, let me ask you something. We're talking about it. All right, let's get into some of this. All right. You know, forget the kickoff show, Nia Jackson, Alicia Fox, okay? I mean, there's absolutely no secret there. Cesaro versus None. Sheamus. I mean, think Cesaro's going to come out on top. And I'm gonna, we're going to get back to Cesaro a little later on in the card, and I'm going to explain why. But go ahead. I'm going with Cesaro on that one. Cesaro? Okay. Chris Jericho, Sami Zayn. Jericho. I, I, I love this new Jericho. He's going to win clean. All right. Uh, you know, that's the one I disagree with you so far on. Okay. Uh, Charlotte versus uh, <laughs> Sasha Banks and Bailey. I'm going to go with a little swerve here because I know we're throwing around that P word a lot. I'm going to go with Sasha winning, turning on Bailey, and we're going to set up a Charlotte and her protege having a feud of their own. I think that's where we're going to get a swerve. I think we're going to get a heel Charlotte. I'm sorry, here's the heel Sasha. Um, And I don't know if anybody else, JT, are you hearing it too? Is that uh, uh, Charlotte's uh, little uh, friend there? Oh, Jesus, off the top of my head. Dana Brooke? Yeah. I heard she's going to uh, go face. Yeah. Did you hear that? Talk to Tigos. 
Yeah, I'm hearing that as well, that she goes face during this match. So uh, imagine that. We're hearing about it ahead of time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, really just, I I just don't understand how that is good business or how it's allowed. You know, I'm not saying that WWE, their executives uh, go ahead and put it out there, but somebody is. And I'll tell you one thing. I have no idea why. I have absolutely zero Jester. idea. Jester. Look at it this way, yeah. Jester. And it's something I've tweeted about recently in similar situations. We know about it. We're pretty sure it's going to happen. But guess what? We're still going to watch anyway. And they know that. You know, they have an idea of that. But the numbers keep dwindling. That's all I know. Like n- I, I know oh, no, the numbers keep going. Nobody's going to watch Raw on Monday, so this Clash of Champions better be good because everybody's going to be tuning in to either Monday Night Football or the debate. So this has really got to be a strong show tomorrow night to get viewers to watch Monday. Yeah, yeah. No, you can kiss Monday goodbye if you don't do something, uh, something some kind of different, you know, move somewhere along the lines. Now, you know, Tag Team Championship. New Day and Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. What do you got there, Busy? I think we finally get new tag team champs. It's long overdue. They need to spice it up. Let them get the titles. Let Enzo and Cash chase them. I think the whole New Day stick is getting a little old. It's well over a year. I'm going with the club. Rusev and Reigns. I'm going with Rusev. I think Rusev retains. I think he wins <clears> by a little distraction. And um, that we, that feud keeps on going on until at least Survivor Series. But I think we're retained. You know, because the other day on, on FXE Live, my question was, are they going to do it where all three Shield members don't have the belt? Or is this the beginning where all three Shield members get the belt? Roman Reigns has the United States Championship. Rollins gets the Universal and then uh, and then Ambrose wins his title back from AJ Styles. But JT made the great point that, you know, you're not going to really stop AJ Styles' role right now. So, you know, it would fall back into all three of the members of the Shield don't win, and maybe the injustice of Kevin Owens winning will be the thing that, has them formed together or something, you know, or who knows, but I feel that coming. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, what do you got with that one? Do you think, uh, what do you, what do you have? I'm going with Stevie Wonder's pick, which will be Kevin Owens retaining his title with the help of Triple H. And then that sets up that whole, you know, Rollins Triple H feud and goes back to Cesaro earlier. I think he's the perfect candidate for Kevin Owens to fight going forward. Them getting the title. If you're really all about the change and new opportunities that they're stating, that's where they should go. No. And JT, what are you feeling about that match? As far as Owens and Rollins, I'm sorry you broke up when you said that. Yeah, Owens and Rollins. Yeah, I mean this there's no way that you put this this championship on a guy and take it off. You've already had a guy hold it for less than twenty four hours once. I think they need some stability with this title. Let it earn a little prestige, if you will, by one person defending that for a while. Give it a nice build up, and then we see something. Royal Rumble is when I'm starting to think that Kevin Owens may be uh, in jeopardy. 
Okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Folks, you know, um, you can listen to our wrestling coverage every Wednesday night, FXE Live, 9 p.m. every night. Don't forget, you can go back on iTunes, listen to some of our past episodes. You can listen to our interview just this past week with the legend Larry Zabisco, Hall of Famer on the show. Uh, matter of fact, we did a special show. It was a little bit longer than normal. Normally, we have an hour show. We did an hour and a half. We did an hour straight of Larry Zabisco that gave us absolutely golden material. He called out some wrestlers. He called out some wrestlers' ability. He, I mean, he really – JT, he lit the show up. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. I, some of those questions, I did not realize how loaded those were going to be. But, yeah, he – he did not hold back, folks. Not one bit. I believe the term is unfiltered. <laughs> yeah, I believe that would be it. You know, and hey guys, um, he shot on some Hall of Famers. I mean, he didn't just shoot on mid-level guys. He went after some Hall of Famers. I don't know about you guys, but I thought his pipe bombs were well better than um, CM Punk's on. <laughs> yeah, no, he dropped um, some he he dropped some good ones and like you said JT, it wasn't about small timers. It was it, it's about guys that, you know, some popular names he threw out there and you know, what he had to say about Sting, what he had to say about, you know, or the and some of the good things like what he had to say about AJ and and you know, wrestling back Lex Luger Lex Luger, well, you know, I mean, come on, that was great. It was great. The uh, whole uh, being able to, uh, well, folks, let's just say it was quite the entertaining statements he made about some of the wrestlers and their ability in the ring. And uh, let's just leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Go listen to it. It's on iTunes. You can't miss it. Absolutely funny, funny show. Larry Zabisco unfiltered. He's that he's that old guy that, you know, has no filter. He doesn't give a shit what he says. That's Larry Zabisco. And uh I, I believe the over under on the asshole count with uh Larry was how many times, JT, did he say asshole? I, I believe it was ten. I believe we came in at ten. Came in at ten. So uh no, it was a great show. Uh, uh absolutely fun. Uh, you know, real quick, before we tell, go to commercial, and then we're going to have Chris Corciani in here. JT, I mean, uh, Busy Jay, you want to talk about your NBA article out there, what people should be looking for about the Southwest division? Yeah, sure. I think the Southwest will still be a competitive division. I know we lost Tim Duncan, but I think the Spurs are still the second. They're still a top tier, but they're definitely second behind the Warriors overall in the West. I think it's now Kawhi Leonard's team. He's going to flourish in that system. You still have LaMarcus Ulrich. He's going to have a bounce back here. Coach Pop, you know, he's going to work with a lot of younger guys going around. I think we're going to see minutes being diminished from Parker and Ginobili as those guys are on their way out. I also think, you know, Mike Conley, he's going to have a lot to do with Memphis. He's got the proof that that money was worth it. And I think the best hire that happened all season that nobody's talking about is Coach Mike D'Antoni going to Houston, going to give the green light to one of the most, I would say definitely top two scorers in the league in James Harden. And I know JT's a big James Harden fan, so I expect a mm-hmm. great thing from this guy this year. JT? I looked at the article, well written as always. Uh, one thing I would like to uh, throw at Busy, I disagree with you. I think Buddy Heald was a better pick than Murray for the Pelicans. 
I see a higher ceiling. I see a guy that can come in and score the ball now. Uh, I see a guy that he's 6'5", but with his wingspan, his athleticism, he plays more like a 6'7", 6'8", guard. Uh, and the guy has range from outside the gym. So I really like that pick for the Pelicans. Inside out game with him and Davis. That's a point. That's yeah. a point. You know, so the Spurs, yeah. though, cream of the division. Houston will be there, but like you pointed out, Houston doesn't play defense. They won't play defense, but they will be a better team because they got rid of the biggest tool in the NBA and shipped it to it. <laughs> Goodbye, Dwight Howard. Boy, I'll tell you, Captain Inconsistency, I'll play when I feel like. And I saw that firsthand. I used to go to the Magic Games, and I used to be right there, uh, pretty much damn courtside. And uh, I would watch Van Gundy just begging with him, you know, just come on, Dwight, put it, just give us a little bit tonight. And, I mean, I remember him begging him, just come on, you, you've had the night off, we need you in the fourth quarter here. And he, he just, you know, that's his problem. Great talent. He really is. That kid, uh, and this is the God's honest truth, and this is coming from somebody who really isn't a Dwight Howard fan because of, you know, how he did things with the magic and how he carried himself uh, once he became known. Because there's a Dwight Howard before he became known and a Dwight Howard after. And uh, after he became known, uh, he was just impossible to work with. And it's a shame because that kid is talented. If he could only use it all game, all season long, he'd probably set some records. He probably would. Well, you know, I'm hope we got Shaq versus the big show at WrestleMania. I'm hoping to see Dwight Howard versus Nia Jax. I'm thinking that'd be a great Divas division battle for WrestleMania as the undercard. So, you know, one can hope. You know, and here's the thing. If uh, they catch him on the right night, you might want to bet on Nia Jax. Hi, folks. It's Barbara here for Deep Obsession Charters. Whether you live in the beautiful West Palm Beach area or you're planning on visiting the Sunshine State and you love to dive, you have to contact South Florida's premier dive operators, Deep Obsession Dive Charters, out of the West Palm Beach area. They are a full-service dive operation. They've got everything from equipment sales and rentals, and they're also a PADI-certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find uh, Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter, or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive. Okay, folks, thank you for tuning in to this uh, pre recorded. <laughs> when you hit the wrong Hi, this is Jim button. House with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. 
When you hit the wrong button, huh, JT? Close. It was right well, next I mean, to it. Jim, Rosen, Jim Rosenhaus was pre-recorded on that, so, you know, it was a little accurate. Yeah, it wasn't that far off. Folks, uh, we're getting ready now for the uh, next segment. We're getting ready to have in former NBA player and NC State star Chris Corciani on the line. Uh, this is something new. Like I said, you know, I'm used to calling, having put people call in, and I'm having to do something that we do very rarely. We do it, but we don't do it very often where we actually call somebody. So, uh, you know, maybe JT will hum a tune or something while we're dialing the number here and uh, waiting for him to answer. You think tonight was already enough? Don't you think? <laughs> I, punished, I punished the listeners long enough. Let's see if he answers. Hello. Hello, Chris. Yes. Fantasy Jester here. Hey. How are you tonight? Doing great. I hope you are. Uh, we're good. doing fantastic. We got JT on the line here for you. Chris, how's and, it going? Uh, good, JT. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's a great day. Uh, we got NBA not that far away. We got you to talk to, and you know I'm an ACC fan, so this is this is gonna be fun for me. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the whole thing. People out there have to realize that, you know, for JT and I, we're like little kids. This is a great opportunity. We are true fans of the sport. And for to, for us to have the opportunity to go ahead and have you on the show, ask your questions, uh, we are very grateful. Thanks so much, uh, Chris. And with yeah, that, no, my, the, the funny thing is I'm a fan, too. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan first, and I'm like a little kid watching – uh, you know, all, all the games in the ACC and watching football. and uh, So I'm just like you guys. Wonderful. Wonderful. Nice. That's what I love to hear. Let me ask you a first question. I'm going to start off and then uh, JT will, you know, we'll, we'll alternate. You, you're still currently number two on the all-time assist board in NCAA history. And you were the first player to record 1,000 assists. Now, do you feel, uh, was this a natural ability, or, or were you a guy that studied a lot of film, or both? I'd say it was a little bit of both. You know, I, I did study a lot of film. I watched games. I, I, you know, watched my opponents, you know, the way they defended. Um, but also, you know, I was very fortunate to, to play with some really good players that were able to finish and, and uh, really score the ball. So it's one of those records that um, – you know, I've always thought of was really a team record because, you know, you, you can make a nice pass to somebody that doesn't knock down a shot and, uh, you know, then you end up not getting there. So I, I was really fortunate to play with some very talented players, Rodney Monroe, Tom Gugliotta, Chucky Brown, Vinny Del Negro, Charles Shackelford, um, kind of the list goes on. So that's, that's kind of a record I kind of like to cherish with, with, uh, with a bunch of different guys. Well, that's nice. That's nice. And, and that was, uh, that was uh, nice. You gave a fair answer to yourself. See, I, and I'm just as straightforward, too. I used to play hockey, and uh, my thing was for the assist. Uh, but I have to be honest with you, is my ability to be able to read it because I was a lazy player. I didn't watch film. I hated watching film. I would go to, <laughs> I, I'd go to sleep watching film. So, you know, you, that's, that's why you probably went a little further than me in your career. Uh <laughs> JT, what do you have for Chris? Played against 
in with several guys like Steve Kerr's and the Scott Skiles in the NBA, do you feel that being a point guard better qualifies you for the front office or a coaching position once you're done playing? You know, I really do. I think that the point guard is, is very much like the quarterback position. He has a direct line to the coach. He's thinking like the coach. He's doing doing a lot of that. So, um, you know, I don't think it's unusual to see a, a lot of uh, point guards that go on to, to have uh, coaching careers. Uh, you know, they're very similar with quarterbacks, uh, you know, in, in the uh, – uh, NFL, and then you know the other position that's really unique is catchers. Catchers in baseball go on to mm-hmm. manage. So there's just kind of a direct line to the head coach that I think point guards uh, have always had. Nice, true, true. That's uh, it. You know, if you can read the floor and diagram and go through the plays and set plays up and know where people are supposed to be and where they shouldn't be, and yeah, I can see what you're talking about there. That's great. That's great. Now, Chris, let me ask you something. You, uh, Mex- let me take you back to Mexico City, 1989, and you won the silver for the U.S. in the FIBA America's Championship. Can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Can you describe the difference in the feeling of playing for your country, you know, as opposed to playing for a city or a state, you know, uh, where the nerves the same, things like that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, uncomparable. When you put on a USA uh, team uniform and, and you go out and you compete, um, you know, not for your, your school or your city, but you're competing for your country, um, you know, that was a really special, you know, we were probably there for three weeks in Mexico City. And, um, you know, every time you put on a practice jersey or a game jersey and it had the, the red, white, and blue flag on it, I mean, it was a a special feeling that you you represent representing something more than yourself or more than your school. You're representing, you know, the greatest country in the world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you are hitting it on the head when you, you gotta, you gotta be proud. I mean, that had to be a proud moment for you to be able to stand there, represent your country, everybody back home and play in that game. That's just gotta be, Incredible, incredible feeling. That that's great. That is great. JT, what do you have for Chris? Well, let me let me piggyback off of that. You know, and it looks at the Olympics seem to really put basketball on the map. It's so big overseas now. You've played overseas. Uh, you know, China, Germany, all these different places where basketball is so huge. I think the Olympics had a lot to do with that. Uh, would you agree? I think that the Olympics have, have really grown. Um, international basketball to, to levels that we haven't seen. But, um, you know, I also attribute, you know, a lot of the, the foreign players that have come over and really made an impact. And you mm. think of Yao Ming and, uh, you know, a lot of the Europeans that have really come over and played in the NBA and, and not only kind of made rosters, but really made, you know, made, made a, a big imprint on, on uh, certain teams. I was fortunate enough when I was in Italy uh, to play with Tony Kukoc prior to him going mm. to the Chicago Bulls, and he was one of the the first, um, you know, really great stars that left Europe and, and made a big splash in the NBA. So yeah. now let me switch gears to college real quick. You played at NC State. That's in the ACC, as far as I'm concerned, the most prestigious conference in all of college basketball. What are some of your favorite memories of some of your conference play or some of your conference games there? 
Well, I'll tell you, you know, to me, it's the greatest conference in the country, and it certainly was back when, you know, there were only eight teams in the conference and you played each team twice. But, uh, you know, going over to Duke and, and going over to Chapel Hill and playing Carolina, I mean, those were the kind of games, you know, you truly marked on your schedule. You couldn't wait to play. Um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's a triangle here and, you know, all the universities are, you know, 15, 20 minutes apart. Um, those games were just unbelievable. My freshman year, we went over to Duke and we, we beat um, a Duke team that was loaded and um, Vinny Del Negro was on that team. And we, um, you know, just getting back on the bus and riding back, um, you know, they're, they're the type of things you just never forget. I, uh, I'm going to stay with you in college for a second because, you know, you mentioned something earlier about the assists and being able to hold that record, how it's a, uh, how it's a really a team record. You're dependent on guys uh, sinking the bucket. What isn't a team record and clearly is I'm a hustler and I'm going to read the play and I'm going to hustle on that ball is a stat called steals. And when you left NC State, you were fifth all-time in NCAA history in steals. Now you're 20th. Now, do you believe that the years you played, guys like yourself, Eric Murdoch, Greg Anthony, those are three guys that are in the top 15 ever now. Are, are you guys the ones who made the stat steals more noteworthy because it seems like ever since you guys played in college, now college uh, kids are learning how to go after the ball, play defense, read the game. And you and, and like I said, Murdoch, Anthony, you guys like redefined it for point guards. I appreciate that. I'd say Eric Murdoch and Greg Anthony, those were two of the best defenders I ever played against. I mean, they, they not only were, were uh, you know, great, stealing the ball, but they were great keeping you in front. Um, but, yeah, I would I would like to think that, you know, some of the ways, you know, people played in the 80s and 90s, uh, you know, affected and, and made an imprint on the way a lot of the guys, uh, you know, play nowadays. You know, a lot of that is just playing with aggression and not having fear and, and you know, having the ability. And I was fortunate Coach Valvano was my coach. and He allowed me to gamble, and he – he knew that, uh, you know, I may get burnt a couple times gambling, but more times than not, something positive was going to happen. So, you know, I think steals is one of those things where you've got to have a coach that believes in you and, and allows you a little bit of freedom to roam and, and uh, do some of those. The same thing, you know, I always use analogies, you know, with different sports, but it's like a safety in football. You know, if, if the coach allows him to kind of gamble a little bit, he's going to get a few more interceptions and, you know, the, the, the problem is when you're gambling, sometimes you're giving up touchdowns. But you've got to have a coach that believes in you and gives you that uh, ability to, to roam and have a little bit of freedom. Well, and apparently you you showed him not just uh, the hustle, but the ability to read it so that you were stealing many more times before you got burned. You know, I mean, it, it just goes to show uh, his belief in you. You know, Chris, early on in your career, you got a chance to see Shaquille O'Neal up close and personal. Did you know from just seeing that guy from day one what he was going to be and what he was going to become in the NBA? 
Yeah, I mean, he was special. When he came in, my second year with the Orlando Magic was uh, Shaquille's rookie year. When he came in, I mean, you knew he was special. He was seven feet, could really move, had great hands. Um, you know, you don't see many guys that big with hands that have good wheels. Um, you know, so he was one of those once-in-a-lifetime type of guys. Um, I never realized at that point that he'd become – you know, one of the best centers ever to play in the NBA. But uh, he, he worked hard. Uh, he had a good attitude. He really, you know, the thing I, I really enjoyed about Shaquille was he, he nothing ever, didn't take anything too serious. You know, he was a, a fun guy on the court, off the court. He just kind of really enjoyed life. And it wasn't all basketball. You know, he liked the entertainment uh, segment of, of basketball and life. And, uh, uh, just a super guy that I had the the uh, I was fortunate enough to run into him a few years back at uh, at a cancer event here in Raleigh, and it was it was fun seeing him and, and chatting about some old times. Oh, that's good. Yeah, uh, I uh, he he's a uh, I've met him uh, briefly, had a couple of minutes to talk with him. Great guy, great guy. But um, let me ask you something, Chris. Now. You, you were able to play basketball for teams in Germany, Turkey, Italy, Spain. I mean, that is absolutely fantastic that you've had that opportunity. What can you tell us about the difference in the Euro fan as compared to the U.S. fan? I think the Euro fan is, is absolutely nuts. I mean, there is, there is really no comparison. You know, throwing things, firecrackers, bottles, spitting on you, you know, all of that goes, you know, where that's something that you wouldn't see, uh, you know, in an NBA or college arena. But um, when you go into an opposing gymnasium in Europe, I mean, you better, you better be, be ready to kind of control your emotions because the fans do all kind of crazy things. Um, you know, I played in Turkey one year and we ended up playing Greece and I didn't realize the tension that uh, the Greeks and the Turks had amongst one another and they were throwing bottles you know bottles that were lit with firecrackers on the floor you know they'd stop the game and you know there was police with you know riot gear um you know when you run out or run back you know at halftime they're throwing you know coins at you it's 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 a totally barbaric type of atmosphere compared to anything we have here in the states but at the same token you know when you go to an opposing uh, gymnasium and you get a victory and you're able to run off the court you know you, you, you can say a few things back to them real quick before they before you get in the tunnel <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> which one which one of those stops uh, you know of Ger- Germany, Turkey, Italy, Spain which one of those stops was your favorite and why you know I really enjoyed um, Spain you know I played for a team called Tal Ceramica in Spain and um, you know, we were, we were one of the top teams in all of Europe. We had guys that uh, would later go on and play in, in um, the NBA, Luis Siscola, uh, who yeah. know, currently is still playing, uh, Fabrizio Umberto, who played for many years, and Andres Piccioni, that uh, played for the Bulls and a number of other teams as well. But um, we, we had a tremendous team that um, – um, you know, won the championship one year. We got second in Europe another year. And uh, that club was a first-class club. Um, 
you always got your money on time. They treated you um, like a professional. And that's not always the case in Europe. You know, in Europe, you know, sometimes the, the money's coming a little slow. Your, your living conditions are always, you know, maybe aren't the best. But uh, when I was in Spain, it was, it was a, a really enjoyable three years. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, like I said, that is just such a blessing to be able to play basketball, do your love, and then be able to travel the world and see different sites, even if they are think, coins think, coming at yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, I mean, that you hit the nail on the head. Is you know, in Europe, you know, I was able to play basketball and and make a living doing so, uh, but also the experience and and uh, you know to be able to live and, and learn the language and the culture. Um, you know, those are things you can't put a, a price tag on. And being able to go to, um, you know, I went to Russia and I went to Croatia, I went to Poland and Czechoslovakia and, you know, places that I would have never gone to. So, um, you know, the whole experience of being over in, in Europe for eight years was uh, just once in a lifetime experience. Nice. That's great. You know, and we have a, we have a question that we ask all our guests and, uh, you're no different, sir. So we've had several guests come on and I've asked this of everyone and it's, uh, quite interesting. The answers we've gotten from Terry Francona, water balloon fights with his boss, you know, to, uh, Jeff Cross of the Miami Dolphins telling us which NFL player was taped, uh, to a goalpost naked. Uh, what I'd like to ask you is please share with us a funny tale from your days as a uh, pro here in the U.S. Oh, gosh, there'd be a few different. I think one of the things, and, and you may have heard of this before, was um, it was actually when I was at NC State and we won the first round of the uh, ACC tournament and we beat Clemson and we were going, we were in the uh, press conference. And Coach D was talking, and, and then I said a few words. And um, our center at the time was Charles Shackelford. And they asked Charles, you know, they said, Charles, you know, you had a great game today. You know, what, you know, what kind, what prompts you to, to have, you know, 28 points? And, and he just said, he said, I really played well, and I was able to make my, my left handed hook shot, my right handed hook shot. I made my left handed scoop and my right handed scoop. And he said, you know, I'm just very blessed that I'm amphibious. And he was meaning to say ambidextrous. So that's kind of that's kind of a, a, a long um, a, a long living kind of tale here here in the triangle, and that that uh, that gets brought up quite a bit. Uh, but Coach V, you know, he he told that like he told a lot of jokes, you know, better than anyone. Uh, God bless him. Yeah, no doubt. Fantastic, fantastic. Chris, thanks so much. We got JT. I think you've got one more Chris. for Chris, JT. Yeah, I got one last question for you, Chris. So kind of a two-part yeah. question. We've already established the point guards referred to as the floor general. So do you feel that playing that position has helped you in what you do today? And can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with your career after basketball? Yeah, I don't think there's any question um, at all about that. You know, a point guard is a guy that communicates, he leads, he directs, and uh, – you know, I've kind of carried that over uh, into business, and um, I own a mortgage company and a title insurance company, uh, along with a convenience store gas station. And, you know, a lot of the skills that you learn in athletics, especially with the point guard position, it, it's all about skills and being able to relate to play uh, to people, 
um, you know, your, your, your teammates are your, your employees. And, um, you know, I think that that's very important being able to communicate to people and, and share ideas, you know, and I think business is so much like athletics. You just have to incorporate the same type of fundamentals, uh, to have a successful team as you would a successful business. But, um, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to be able to stay, um, you know, in the area where I played basketball and, and, uh, um, build a business and, and just, uh, I've got, uh, four wonderful kids. I've got a 12 year old boy, Hugo. I've got a, uh, 16-year-old daughter, Annabelle, and I've got uh, a son that plays basketball at South Carolina, Tommy, and another one that uh, is a walk-on at NC State named Christopher. So, um, you know, I'm just a very blessed person, and, um, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with, with uh, you know, coming to NC State and making the right choice and then also staying here and, and developing, um, you know, business. Very nice. Yes. And what, is, what is the name of your business? Uh, it's called DNJ Cornerstone Mortgage, and then my title insurance is called Tryon Title Insurance, and then my gas station is called Starflight. Beautiful, beautiful. I believe, uh, if I'm correct, your son over in NC State wears uh, number 13, if I'm not wrong. He, <laughs> he does, he does, lucky 13, and... Uh, I tell you, the first time he came running out, um, you know, with the band playing, going out for warm-ups, I mean, I just, I had tears in my eyes because I, I took him to games ever, ever, you know, since he was born, and to to, to see him with an NC State uniform, um, you know, was was a very special moment. I lied. I actually, you know what? I just came across something, and I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I lied. I had one quick question. Uh, do you keep in yeah. touch with Rodney with Rodney Moore and who was Fire and Ice? Yep, um, Fire and Ice was a nickname that um, came about. Uh, Rodney Monroe was my. We played four years together, and, and he was a great mm-hmm. scorer, but was very calm, soft spoken. Nothing ever really bothered him, and, and he was nicknamed Ice. And me, on the other hand, um, a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more vocal. Um, had a little a little temper from time to time, so they nicknamed me Fire. And it was one of those nicknames, and a lot of times you get a nickname, Fire and Ice. And uh, to this day in this area, you know, I can be walking down the street and some of them will be like, hey, Fire, Fire and Ice. You know, so it's a, a nickname that really has stood um, through, the, through, through, through many years. Excellent, excellent. You know, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. You know, I, I know you're trying to be modest about some of your records. You know, folks, you got to understand, there's only six people in NCAA history who have scored 20 or more assists in a game. Chris is one of them, the highest total being 22. So, you know, I mean, just some of the stats are just absolutely great, Chris. And even better was the interview tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. And Thank you. Uh, I, I'd like to ask you, can you, can you give us a little something to close out our shows with so I can save it for posterity and edit it and keep it on my shows? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I just want to say, uh, you know, it's a pleasure coming on and, and, and talking with you all. It's always, you know, it's always fun to kind of talk about the old times and, and yuck it up a little bit, but um, 
Yeah, no, this, this, this is uh, wonderful. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, great. Y'all, y'all have a good night. Thank you, Chris. You too. You too. You Thanks, have a great you. night, and we will talk to you again soon. Folks, okay, that great. was the one, the only, Chris Corciani joining us from NBA. And, uh, wow, JT, another one of those great awful, interviews. Man. Another one I of those just, great, I, great interviews. Yeah, I'm thinking, I was listening to him talk about seeing his son come out with the band playing and wearing that NC State jersey. I can only imagine the goosebumps that he experienced at that point. That must have been an absolute exhilarating feeling to, to see that and feel that. So, yeah, that was definitely fun talking to him. Yeah, another great, great time, great interview. And uh, we're going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk about uh, the MLB for one second. We'll bring Busy J back. We're going to get his football picks. And then we're going to get King's Ransom and Fool's Gold. Hi, folks. Fantasy Jester here to talk about BreadFromYourBed.com. And I am with Ethan the son of the owner, Joey, from BreadFromYourBed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan, thanks. Uh, we'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, and will show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers. I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow, or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website? Bedfromthebed.com. And where should people go if they're looking for social media management? Bedfromthebed.com. And where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? Bedfromthebed.com. And where should people go to get help starting a business? Bedfromthebed.com. All right, and if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go? Um, BedFromYourBed.com All right, Ethan, one more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, BedFromYourBed.com That's right, folks, BreadFromYourBed.com and we are back now. Fantasy Jester show is rolling along. I am the one, the only, the only Fantasy Jester himself. Joining everyone tonight. Great to have everybody with us and absolutely having fantastic time tonight. You know, just real quick, I want to talk about the Major League Baseball and... um you know, nothing major is happening in the playoff uh, races, and we'll be talking about that more once the playoffs start. But I don't want to uh, let the weekend pass as they're celebrating Vince Scully weekend in L.A. Can't let the weekend pass without, you know, paying tribute and saying thank you to Vince Scully. The man is 88 years old, and, you know, one of the saddest things I heard him say, though, 
over the past two days was how he felt that everybody was just celebrating that he was on air for so many years, for 66 years, I believe it is, he's been on air. And no, Vince, I hate to tell you something. We're not celebrating how long. We're celebrating the job that you did. We're celebrating the majesty that you brought the sport. You are a dying breed of announcer. You brought a feel to the game that literally all you had to do was listen to your voice, sit back, and you could swear you'd smell the popcorn and the peanuts and that you were at the game. You were more than just an announcer, okay? You were the voice of baseball for a very long time. And as a grateful fan of it, we say thank you. Thank you very much. I want to go ahead and bring in the guys, bring JT back in, bring in Busy J. Let's get Busy J's picks for football this week. Busy J, how are you, sir? Everything's good. Good, good, good. Let's go. Baltimore, Jacksonville, what do you have? You know, I really want to take the Jags in this one because I think Baltimore is very fraudulent on the road. Overall, with the head coach, they're only 37 and 40 on the road. I think the Jags are going to together. Jacksonville squeaks out a win at home. Okay, Jags. And I have the Jags, and so does uh, JT. So we can't beat you up on that one yet. Um, Washington (laughs) Giants. No, we'll get there. I'm sure one of us will disagree with you somewhere (laughs) along the line here. We'll get our swipes yet. I'm going for the Giants offense to show up and show up big. I think the Giants are winning double digits. You know, I'm tired of everybody calling for the Giants on this one. You're all making me nervous. <laughs> I am I am all alone. I've got Washington. And maybe it, maybe it's just because I'm, I'm a Giants fan and I'm scared that we are actually a 3-0 and team and would be in disbelief if we are. Um Detroit Green Bay. What's up? You win either way this way. Either your pick is right or your or your team wins. You can't lose. It's a Tate school pick. There you go. <laughs> um, Detroit Green Bay. Green Bay gets back on track. Big win. At, big win at home. I think Green Bay wins by eight. Eight to ten points. We all have Green Bay. Cleveland Miami. And when I say we all, I mean JT and me. Um, I have kids picks, but I don't have Joey Cages yet. Uh, Cleveland, Miami. I believe Miami will win the home opener. They've been on the road long enough. They had some heartbreaking performances. I'm going with Miami. Uh, Simply because I am the starting quarterback for Cleveland this week. Oh, no, no, Kessler is. Never mind. Um, Yeah, everybody's got Miami. Minnesota, Carolina. I think – What's going on with what, everything going on in Carolina? The Panthers rally around the community, have a big win against the Vikings. I think Sam Bradford is due for about two picks and a forced fumble. Uh, yeah, Carolina. Everything that's going on there, no doubt, they win one for the uh, city, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, Sam Bradford gets out of there alive. Um, Denver, Cincinnati. We all and we all have Carolina on that one. Denver, Cincinnati. 
I'm going with the Bengals. I think Denver's defense will travel well on the road, but I don't know about their offense. I think the Bengals are a little frustrated after last week, lackluster performance in Pittsburgh. They get back on track with a five-point win. You know, I have uh, Cincinnati, so does JT, but Tate has uh, has Denver in that one, so um, that's that's an interesting one there. Um, all righty. And Kid Kelly has Cincinnati, too, by the way. Um, Arizona-Buffalo? I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think Arizona will squeak out a win. I think, I think Buffalo's pass rush will get to Carson Palmer, but I still Arizona will win. They win by three. Mark my words, they're going to win by three. No, it's not going to be a blowout. Busy, I just got to say one thing. Early in the day, Rex Ryan says it's very doubtful that Sammy Watkins plays. Now Sammy Watkins is tweeting as of 10 minutes ago that he's good to go for the game Sunday. They don't even know who's playing and who's not, and he's the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Where's Tate? When you need him? Tate, call in, man. Call in. I know you're listening, damn it. Uh Oakland, Tennessee. Who do you have, Busy? I'm going with Tennessee. I'm going with Tennessee winning at home. I think. Oh, I feel bad for Oakland. They're going East Coast, West Coast, back and forth three times already. I'm going with Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. JT and I have uh, have uh, Tennessee. Matter of fact, uh, if I wrote this down correctly, uh, JT, you have it as a laugher. Oh, I do. Yeah, oh. I think Tennessee. Absolutely. Deep, Oakland and defense are not synonymous with one another. It's not going to happen. Mariota is going to have a field day in the emergence of Taj Sharp for the world to see. And uh, Tate and Kidd have Oakland, by the way. And like I said, I'm still waiting on uh, Joey Cage's picks. I'll get them uh, in our meeting tomorrow. So, L.A., Tampa Bay. I'm going with Tampa. James has a, back, a bounce back performance. Tampa wins big. The Rams just can't score, and it's time to change the quarterback, but they won't do that. You know, and, and it's crazy because everybody on the staff so far has taken Tampa Bay, and then I also got a tweet in from Jeff Fisher's wife taking Tampa Bay. Um, San Francisco? <laughs> San Francisco, because she said that's some seven and nine, but oh, never mind. Uh, San Francisco at Seattle. Seattle wins probably. This is going to be a low-scoring game, maybe a 15-12 kind of game. I think, yeah, I'm going with Seattle at home. Their offense needs to start getting going, but that offensive line is in such a mess. I just don't have faith in San Francisco. I know they play well against the Rams, but that was just one game. And that was just the Rams. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the whole world has Seattle. Um, hold on. That's Chip Kelly's mother tweeting me right now. Guess who she's taking? Oh. <laughs> Pittsburgh, Philly. Who do you have? I'm going Pittsburgh big. Big time. They're going wow. big. It's big. Yeah, I uh, the whole world pretty much has Pittsburgh here so far. It'll be interesting. I can't wait to see who Joey Cage actually takes who do you since think that's his Joey team. Cage is taking? He, um, honestly, I think he he'll be a realist and, and understand that Philly just 
I don't think they're going to keep up. I, I think he's going to be smart and actually take Philly in this one. I, I think he knows. I think he's got a pretty good – he's one of those guys too, though. He, he's, not, he's not the type of guy that will take his team just for the sake of taking it. And uh, I think he also knows that you and I both picked Pittsburgh by 10. And Joey has this um, fear of going against you and I when we both agree. So, and rightfully so, if we both agree, it might not be good. Um, The Jets, Kansas City. I think the Jets will pull up a win up in Kansas City, up in Arrowhead. I just like their offense, even without Brandon Marshall, even if they, they haven't officially ruled him out yet, but we know he's battling some lingering injuries. I still think the Jets have enough firepower to treat Alex Smith. We're talking about Alex Smith here. With that defense here, I'm going with the Jets. we got to win on the road. The man said Alex Smith, like, you know, we're talking practice here. Um, I have KC. Yeah, I have KC. Uh, JT has the Jets. JT, big. you're with him there, huh? Big. Oh, too, I mean, huh? Eric Decker's practiced in full for a few straight days now. And noon was a full go. They have no answer for Forte. And, and let's be realistic. There's no Jamal Charles, it looks like, again this week. So, yep. I, I just think uh, the Jets have too much firepower. It's going to be an interesting interesting uh, game right there. I think that one's going to be uh, – I, I see that as a very close game there. And, you know, it's a tough win to go into Kansas City and win. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. San Diego, Indy, who do you have, Busy? You know – a week ago, I would have picked the Colts, but I'm going with the Chargers. I like what I'm seeing, even with with Philip with Philip Rivers losing all his weapons left and right week after week. He's going to find a way to win. I'm going with the Chargers with my upset special of the week. Um, you know, and so does uh, so does everybody else here. It looks like. Uh, oh, let me just get. Actually, I think Andrew Luck even picked the Chargers to win this, didn't he? <laughs> Andrew Luck, hold on now. Oh no, wait a second. Holy cow, Kid Kelly has Indy. Yeah. yeah, I think we have a gift for Kid Kelly. Oh wait, she's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Kid Kelly has uh no, seriously, everybody has San Diego except for Kid Kelly. Kid Kelly has Indy. What a maroon. <laughs> what an ignoranimous. <laughs> Busy J, Chicago, Dallas. Uh, this is such a mismatch. I'm going with Dallas big. That offensive line against the Bears defensive line, I'm taking the Cowboys all day. Big game out of Elliott. Elliott, huh? Yeah, calling Elliott on this one. I just don't see uh, – I didn't see Chicago beating them with uh, Cutler, let alone without him. So, we have uh, Dallas on the clean sweep here. Now, JT, before we ask Busy J this one, okay, am I allowed to change a pick since the game didn't start yet? I don't see why not. I don't see why okay. not either, yeah. Okay. So you coming over to the right side on this, are you? Yeah, yeah. Um I, before I reveal my pick, Busy J, what do you have? Atlanta, New Orleans, Monday night. Monday night, the 10-year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. I expect the Saints to be, you know, rolling on all cylinders. They 
play well at home. I told you how I feel about the Falcons last week. They're a top two worst in the NFL team. I'm going with the same thing. Oh, they moved up. New Orleans, huh? I just changed my pick from New Orleans to Atlanta, folks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually right now, looking, Kid Kelly has ATL. We all have Atlanta except for you right now and uh, waiting on Joey Cage for his picks. But, folks, there you have it. There are the picks. Uh, you know, we were supposed to get to the hockey today. We have an article by Tate and uh, Chris went a little long in the art, uh, in our uh, interview with him today, and worth uh, it, we, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure Tate understands. And uh, we'll we'll go ahead. You know, it's a uh, the first part of a three part series. He did goaltenders, folks. And uh, what we'll do is we'll save that talk. You know, the season hasn't starting yet, and uh, we'll right. save that talk. Yeah, the game's just. Uh, the games we, are just starting this weekend. We got we can give it a good ten seconds next week. <laughs> ten seconds, that's what Tate's gonna get. And uh probably ten seconds is what he'll get on Thursday nights as his opportunity to reply to. Um but no, seriously, folks, uh, we'll go ahead. We'll go over goalies uh, this uh, next week with you. And uh, next week he's bringing defensemen. So we'll have both on the Fantasy Justice Show next week nice. at 8 p.m. Don't miss it. Now, folks, our, you know what is really becoming a favorite for those fantasy people out there is uh, a segment that we have, King's Ransom or Fool's Gold. But before that, very special Twitter person out there started following us today. Asked us uh, about Hen- Hunter Henry yes. as a flex play, or do we take Ken- uh, Kenyon Drake running back for the Miami Dolphins? And uh, JT, what do you have on that one, real quick? And then I'll go. Then we'll do King's Ransom Fool's Gold. You know, quick look at Henry. He's a stud of a run blocker, so he'll fit right into their offense. He works all three levels of the field. I just think that San Diego is going to get up so quickly on Indianapolis and their lack of defense that it's going to be the Melvin Gordon show for the majority of that game. Uh, I think, therefore, in Miami, Jay Ajay has not shown anything. He can't get out of his own way. Drake actually looked good, got some plays last week, and I honestly think he's going to dominate the touches in the Miami backfield this week. So I'm going Drake. I've gone back and forth on this one. I really, I'm going to be honest with you. I have because, you know, it is dependent on whether or not Ajay does well. And Ajay knows it's dependent on if he does well. And he's not exactly a garbage back either, though. I mean, he has the ability to show it, you know. I mean, and then you've got somebody like Henry. There's nobody else going to start at tight end this week other than Henry. And, I can see them getting the kid at least one touchdown. Pardon me? Seven targets and 60 attempts to the tight end position for Phillip Rivers over his first two games. So it's not like he's lighting the tight tight end up to begin with. Yeah, this is true. But you're also playing against an indie defense that Phillip – it's not like – okay, you're playing a garbage indie defense – and I'm sorry, the thing that I disagree with is your your theory that they're just going to go ahead and start going to Melvin Gordon over Phillip Rivers' dead body will they stop throwing the football. 
Okay, so I didn't say they stopped on the football, but that's going to be reserved for Benjamin and Williams on the outside. Seven targets and sixty attempts to the tight end position, and that was with a guy named Gates that he knows. I don't see him yep. lighting a rookie up first game out. All right, well there you have it, folks. JT, go ahead. We've got it. Kings right, ransom or fool's gold. This is near and dear to your heart. Kirk Cousins on the road at the New York Giants. Giants coming off a game where they held Drew Brees to 263 yards passing. Is Kirk Cousins a King's Ransom or Fool's Gold? You you just like to torment me, don't you? I really do. Yeah, I know you do. Um, You know, folks, here's the thing. I I believe that uh, Washington's going to win the game, but I don't believe it's going to be close to – of Kirk Cousins, I see the running game getting it going against us. I just have that feeling. Don't ask me why. Uh, if if Washington does win, okay, it's not going to be because of Kirk Cousins. That's that's for damn sure. He is losing that locker room. He is losing the respect of the players. And once you start having questions like that uh, in the locker room, let me tell you something. The worst thing that can happen is this team goes down early to the Giants. All right, because like I said, that locker room, you know, they've only played a couple games and that locker room is already on his ass. So, uh, no, I I can see Jay Gruden going back probably to last year's play calling, where it was a more run heavy team so that you can give uh, Kirk Cousins the week off. I see a very pedestrian week out of him almost like an Alex Smith type week where a lot of short passes, just managing the game, just enough to get through. Yeah. He might get you a touchdown, but he's probably going to get you a pick too. So I'd stay away. Fool's gold. Fool's gold. All right. Now here's a sneaky running back play since it was a Sunday, bloody Sunday for the running back position last week. Seal mm. at green day. I think the, uh, I've already said that I think the Packers are going to get up quick which means a lot of passing. Is Theo Riddick a King's Ransom this week, or is he fool's gold? You know, uh, from experience, I actually, uh, one of my leagues, I I just picked him up for giggles because I just didn't think Amir Abdullah. I I picked up Theo Riddick simply because Amir Abdullah wasn't, you know, hadn't played a full season yet, so I wanted to see if he could, so might as well take his backup. And even as the backup running back, okay, he has been King's Ransom. I don't see that changing. I, I mean, I just see him getting even more touches than he was getting before. He was King's Ransom before, and he's King's Ransom now. Okay, moving to the wide receiver position. Again, we're going to go to a game that you uh, have near and dear. Sterling hmm. Shepard going against Washington this week. Four receivers have uh, lit the Redskins up pretty good this year. Do you see Sterling Shepard as a King's Ransom, or is he fool's gold? I uh, I know what I think I see. I, you know, and yeah, I guess I kind of was hedging my bets against the, uh, the taking the Washington pick. Ultimately, I can really see the 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 giant offense lighting up that secondary. I can see. Two of the three receivers having 100 yards and a touchdown. Now, which one of those three? 
here. You got to figure Beckham's going to be good for something because, you know, besides his arguing with Josh uh, Norman, okay, and they had that one like 60 yard pass that he dropped a touchdown in the end zone and he was wide open for that. Um, other than that pass, Beckham went for uh, four uh catches on six targets for 31 yards and a touchdown and had his way with Norman until he got stupid. So Beckham's going to have a decent day and they're going to keep moving everybody around. That's the luxury of the wide receivers on the giants. They can move them around to different areas. I can see the Cruz having an off game now and I can see Shepard stepping up. I can see him as probably a guy that gets seven grabs 90 yards and a touchdown. Nice game. That is a great game. So, especially with yeah, PPR. Nice Absolutely. Let's uh, move to the tight end position. Here's a blast from the past. Baltimore Ravens tight end Dennis Pitta, 12 targets last week, nine catches for 102 yards against Cleveland. This week on the road at Jacksonville. The Kings ransom or the full gold. You know, and it's really dependent on this. I'm going to tell you, folks. It depends on what kind of style league you play in, and I'll tell you why. Because the Jaguars so far this year are currently, oh, seventh, maybe eighth uh, best against the opposing tight end in fantasy. So they they shut down the tight end uh, pretty well, and that's usually, you know, you look at the team's middle linebacker and how they are in coverage. And you got Puzz there. And so, no, I'm going to have to go fool's gold if it's a standard league. I would be tempted to say King's Ransom if it's a PPR league because they're going to throw to him. They really don't have much else. So uh, I go that depends on what kind of league you're in. Standard league, not so much. Uh, PPR league, you're probably going to – Probably going to want to put him in there. All right, let's go back to the quarterback position. Monday night football, Matt Ryan on his way to New Orleans. Is he a king's ransom or is he fool's gold Monday night? Uh, Matt Ryan is on a streak of five straight games of over 100 passer rating against the New Orleans Saints. I don't see the Saints' defense as that much more improved over last year. I see no reason for that to continue. And that's the number one reason why I went ahead and changed my pick from New Orleans to Atlanta is that he just knows how to play against this team. And, you know, you look at the idea also, besides Julio Jones, you know, they're starting to throw the ball to other people. They've got Tammy there who's making some catches and some new. And so, you know, they're starting to get that offense rolling. And I think they have just enough defense to uh, stop New Orleans. They're going to watch the giant video, uh, the Giants tape of last week to see what they did against New Orleans. Um, and, and, um, Matty Ice is going to throw all over the field. I think you can see, I think this is the kind of game where you see about 285, two touchdowns uh, for him this week. Solid game. Yeah, should, should, there's no reason not to be. No reason to not take Matty Ice this week, folks. King's ransom on that one. 
All right, let's jump into somebody that may be considered a little bit more of a sleeper, but somebody I think could have a big day. Charles Sims making his start first start of the year at home versus the L.A. Rams defensive line. We know there is no Martin in this game, so it's all Sims. Is he a King's Ransom or is he Fool's Gold? Once upon a time, not too long ago, I was talking to one Joey Cage of FantasyJesterSports.com and FXE about this very gentleman. And I explained to him that Tampa Bay is probably in better hands with Sims in the backfield than they are Martin. He is a power back. He is a good blocker on passing downs. He can catch the ball. For a, for a big guy who can play the power game, he's got great feet. I'm taking this kid. This this is a if you and if by some miracle he's out there, go grab him off the waiver wire because he's uh, he's king's ransom. And certainly, if you play uh, daily fantasy sports, which I don't really recommend, but if you play daily fantasy sports, okay, he is definitely a choice uh, for you, folks. That is just that's just a great pickup right there if you can get him sneaky pick. And wow, it's time already. Really? Holy cow, folks. That's it. That's the show already. Told you it was going to be action-packed. Told you we were going to cover every damn sport out there. Told you it was going to be interesting. And I told you if you listen to the Fantasy Jester show, you would lose 20 pounds and get back into your high school clothes. Sounded good, didn't it? Folks, for those of you who are bald and looking to grow hair, listen to us next week because if you listen to us, we will help you grow hair. I am the Fantasy Jester. I'm out of here. Thanks for joining us. Sees everything you ever wanted. One moment. Did you capture?